0: Welcome to this week's edition of Coach Prep. Coach Don and I are here in the Cherokee Batting Range Podcast Studio getting ready to record episode number 39. Got a really good topic for us to talk about today with our coaching friends. We want to start off with a little business before we do that. Number one is we have to mention our sponsor, Cleated Up FP. It Up is the communication tool that you're going to use to solve all your communication challenges within your team or within your organization. It's available free of charge. Um, and it will do everything that you need to do to keep your team organized and and to get the word out about the things that you're accomplishing. You can contact them at cleatedupfp. Why not
1: check it out? Try
0: it. Absolutely, because free is always good. Yes. Second thing we wanted to talk about is we've uh, mentioned this on our Everything Fast Pitch podcast, but we're going to also ask our Coach Prep listeners, which I think are in a lot of cases the same, same people, people. We've, uh, started a Patreon page. One of the things that Coach Don and I are trying to do is to continue to grow Everything Fast Pitch and Coach Prep. We want to continue to do more for you, um, but we've kind of hit a crossroads where we need to have some support to make that happen. So if you check out the show notes, you're going to see that there's a link that will take you to our Patreon page. There's three different levels of support. You can do level one, which will get you mentioned in the show notes and on the, on the podcasts. Number two is you get a mention and a free Everything Fast Pitch t-shirt. And number three is you get the mention, the t-shirt, and a chance to talk with Coach Don and I once a month. Just talk softball. And Catch so yeah. we, we would love for you to support us if you can. Anything you can do would be greatly appreciated. The lowest level is basically asking you to skip one cup of coffee this month. Not so bad, right? So we need the help. We need the help. Yeah, yeah. And and hopefully you'll be able to do that for us. So so Don, our topic this week is now that we're playing softball, there's just some lunacy going on out there. And one of the things that we want to talk about is that while we don't expect coaches to be completely in control of everyone and everything that's associated with their team, there's some things that we've got to start to do as coaches to model manage. better behavior and, and manage the people within our yeah. team, the, the parents, the assistant coaches, the kids. You know, When I hear about eight and under coaches and parents ready to fight another team in the parking lot at a tournament, it just makes me shake my head in amazement. I uh, have seen it in the past where you look at YouTube, if you, if you don't believe me, search YouTube fan fights. Right. And, it's usually, and it seems to be the younger crowd yeah, often. And, and yeah. a, l- a lot of times it's younger players. But I promise you, you're going to find three or four softball. Chaos. Fights. Yeah, Where messes. parents, coaches, people who know better and should know better are just going wild, you know, throwing haymakers, knocking people down, hurting people and, and setting a really bad example. Boy,
1: for a kid, how exciting would that be to get back out on the softball field after the parents and everybody have been fighting? Right. That would be miserable. Yep. And I mean, this is what it's all about is creating a good environment for them to go and uh, be athletic and enjoy being part of a team.
0: So, Right. It's, it's very disappointing, very disheartening, because one of the things that we keep talking about is now that we've got the opportunity to get back to playing softball, that we need to be thinking about following the rules. We're going to go there. Yeah. yeah. What, whatever rules we're following, you know, it's up to us as the adults in the room to show the kids that you know whether you like the rules or not, the rules are there. Somebody has decided they're important. So whether it's you know driving, you know the speed limit or close to the speed limit when you're driving on the highway or wearing a mask or wearing uh, you know, some sort of personal protective equipment when you go into a store or whatever it is, or you know, following social distancing guidelines when you go to the ballpark. All those things are in place because somebody thinks it's important, and it's up to us to accept the fact that we don't have to like the rules, but the rules are there. It's up to us to model that we want our kids to follow those rules. Absolutely. No, I think that uh, creating that environment and giving them a chance
1: to go out and have a lot of fun competing In a a nice, challenging setting, I think
0: is uh, what it's all about for sure. And so, one of the things that was most troubling to me about this near dust-up that we're talking about today is that it was coaches involved in some of the mayhem, and that to me is is a really dangerous place to be. Okay, so you know, coaches, we cannot expect you to control everybody. I'm I'm not saying that. It's not like it's your job to be. Uh, the team police force and make sure that everybody does everything the way you want it all the time. But I also think it's up to us as coaches to model what we're after and to set an example. It's okay to have in your team guidelines or in your team rules that to be a part of this team, you have to do A, B, and C. The first thing on the list is you know no cussing at eight-year-olds on the other team, that that's not an unrealistic expectation. Yeah, if if rule number two is not screaming negative things at eight-year-olds on the other team. How about not screaming at all? Yeah, but start off with, you know, attacking the other team. Or that rule number three is that no matter how frustrated you are with the outcome of the game, you're not going to try to fight somebody. Absolutely. There's a different sport for that, right? Yeah, I mean... A couple different sports, actually. But, but you know, the thing I've always noticed is a lot of the people that want to rip their shirt off and get into a fight after the softball game would back down pretty quickly if the person that was opposite of them was clearly capable of kicking their butt. Looked just like them. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I know. And Like I say, there's clubs for that. There are people like that. Right. For our coaches, it's up to us to start to think about is It's okay to set rules, and honestly, it's okay to set rules that are so fundamentally clear that no one can misunderstand them. What most of us try to do is I think we want to believe that the parents that we're dealing with and the families that we're dealing with are good people and that we don't need to lay out very specific things. We don't need to have a code of conduct. We don't need to have guidelines for what it takes to be a part of our team because just good common sense, good common human decency would say that we don't have to worry about these things.
1: No, I know, and for the kids to have a chance to compete in a, in a fun, comfortable, happy environment and for the families to get to enjoy you know the comfort of, of going out there and, and having a, a great day with the family. I mean, right.
0: That's what softball is all about to me. Right, and that's what it, what it should be. So, um, so coaches, that's the first thing. We want you to start to think about having a set of guidelines, a set of rules, a set of agreement, I guess that's a, a contract maybe is a good way to put it, between you and the parents, you and the families. Yeah, these yeah. are the level of things that we expect and that if we can't manage ourselves within those guidelines that we need to find a different team. Absolutely. No, and that's a great start. If everybody can do that, then we're going to be fine. Right. right? So then the second part of it is now I think we also take that to the next step so that we include in those guidelines and our level of expectations for our parents, how we're going to treat our own players. If we're already in the habit of going off the handle and screaming at our child because they made an error, they struck out or they didn't slide, it kind of sets the tone that screaming and yelling and being mad and all that stuff is okay. That's what you do. And again, at the end of the day, we're trying to model for our kids how we want them to behave. And so, you know, one of the things that I think is so funny and and having been around, you know, the travel ball world and especially some of the younger kids this last couple of years is over a lot of opportunities to watch a lot of different teams, I see a lot of parents acting in a way that if their children acted the same way, the parents would be angry or or shocked or appalled that their own child was so disrespectful or so mean-spirited or so disrespectful or whatever the right word is. They're watching even when you think they're not watching. Right. Right. So the second level then for coaches is, is we want in that contract to some expectation for how we're going to treat our own kids at the ballpark. No screaming, no yelling, no anger, whatever, however you want to say it. And we can't assume that that's just implied, right? As a coach, we've got to talk about it set those boundaries and guidelines, and then hold them accountable. Right. Perfect example. There's a couple of parents that, that I've seen more than once that when you have an away-from-the-ballpark conversation with them, they're the nicest, sweetest, most mild-mannered people you could ever see. <laughs> and the switch gets turned. Right. But as, as soon as their kid drops a pop-up or, or doesn't slide at second oh. base, they, it, it is seriously like a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde kind of circumstance. And so again, as as coaches, I think you know, we want to always try to give people the benefit of the doubt. We think, oh, they they know that's not right. And listen, oh, wait a second, maybe they don't. Maybe they don't. In that guideline, in that contract that we're going to create, I think we have to start to talk about how we're going to treat our own kids. Because if we can get to where we treat everybody with respect at the ballpark, I think we're all going to be happier. So then the third level is we're going to talk about how we treat coaches, and sure. that includes you know not necessarily. Yelling and screaming at the coach at the field, even though that happens, but talking about supporting the coaching decisions. You know, making sure that we're not riding home after the game, railing and complaining and and mad and and ornery um, about decisions that the coaches are making. You know, that doesn't mean that you have to agree with everything that the coach says, but we need to have in those guidelines in that agreement that we're going to be supportive of the coaches, to our kids, to our players and we're going to handle disagreements we have with our coaches away from our kids. Absolutely, and that's going to create a much stronger environment
1: for you know team setting. Use the analogy of a tug-of-war, and if, if we've got all of our parents, all of our players, everybody pulling on the rope in the same direction, we're going to be a lot stronger in that tug-of-war. But if we've got a couple of people grabbing on that rope and pulling sideways, it's not going to work out very good right. for us. We're only as strong as our weakest link, and, and we want to keep those guidelines. But if you talk about it, then you can expect it right? and hope it stays true.
0: So the next part of our agreement needs to be that our parents are going to help the players understand that they have a coach, and the coach is the person that's going to coach them. So they stop looking in the stands. They stop looking for mom and dad's reaction. They stop thinking about everything that they're doing has to somehow be run through the filter of what mom and dad think they should be doing. This is epidemic at the younger ages, and we need to start to train our parents to change it, because the kids don't know any better. I mean, you know, mom and dad, they love you, they trust you, they have faith in you, and they're going to look for you first for almost everything when something gets uncomfortable. So this is a
1: this is thing, Tori, too, and, and sometimes we're out there playing just to have fun, but many are aspiring to go play in college or play at a higher level, for sure. Right. The higher the level goes, the more calm and uh, collected the environment of it, people in the stands are, right? We don't go to a College World Series game and see chaos and crazy people acting crazy. Right. So why would we want to do that at 8U, at right. 10U, at 12U? I mean, we've got to be progressing towards what we're wanting in the end, right? Right. So we need to start it that way. The sooner the better.
0: Yeah, and so one of the things that we talked about a couple of weeks ago Um, was the idea of coaches changing the way we coach, the the yelling and screaming and and all that stuff. One of the reasons why that's not an effective tool is that we know that we want players to play the game consciously, aware of what they're doing, doing things for specific reasons. And so this whole idea that somehow, whether it's the coach who's going to fight somebody in the parking lot or it's the parent who's going to fight somebody in the parking lot, doing that to get the kids fired up, to get them amped up, if you think that's a really good strategy, I feel sorry for you. I think you need some some serious counseling. You need some anger management or something like that. If There's we think a different that, environment yeah, for that, if we, that yeah, energy. Yeah. If if we think that by screaming at our own kid we're going to motivate them and and make them play better, we're headed for the wrong outcome. If we think by undercutting the coaches that we've entrusted to coach our kids by second guessing and and running them down and you know all that kind of stuff, then you know again we're headed down the wrong road. And so the whole idea is we want our coaches to understand that you are kind of making the bed that you're lying in. If you hold your players and their parents to a higher standard, you get to be in a higher place. Or you get to get different players. It's, It's going to be one or the other. But if your standard is your standard and your level of expectation is the same, it might mean that at some point in time, that star shortstop whose dad is a crazy lunatic doesn't get to be on your team. They might leave. You're going to still be better off called addition through subtraction. Right. Yeah. And if it means that your kids lose a game because they didn't start foaming at the mouth because, you know, you ripped your shirt off and you were going to kick the third base coach's butt because, you know, they did something that disrespected you, I mean, I think that's kind of crazy. And just the other day and we were in a game, we were clearly handling the other team. And our goal was to get one more run so that we could get to the run rule and and end the game. Because it was one of those, you know, twelve to nothing, whatever it was in the second inning, third inning kinds of games. I had to bite my lip and stand there and take the abuse from the other dugout because they were offended that we were trying to run rule them. My way of thinking is, you know, my job to coach my team not my job to figure out how you should be coaching your team and if your team needs help they need help but um, you're not going to get it from from me we we may have some bad arms we don't want to play extra innings we may want to be prepared to play deeper into the tournament right and And, and, or or maybe one more run right now ends the game instead of us having to play and then we get into another inning and it gets even uglier but so anyhow you know sometimes as coaches we've got to be the the bigger person we've got to you know you can listen to somebody, you know, say something mean to you, or question you, or try to get in your business a little bit. And sometimes you just got to, you know, turn your back and and take it, because that's what you would expect your players to do. So y'all yeah. just play hard and yep. play till it's over. So what we wanted to really talk about today is that this started with some really extreme, crazy behavior from some people that need help. I mean, I'm just not gonna. There's no nice way to say it. These people need they need help. And they're going to end up in prison. They're going to end up in jail. They're going to end up in court. They're going to end up someplace because fighting over a softball game in the parking lot is not naturally normal, rational behavior. That's so far off the track, it's hard to understand. So we need to, you know, to talk about it from that perspective. But in that original nugget that they gave us, we've talked about five other things that coaches can be doing to make your team better, to make your, your life better. To make you a happier coach and make your players and parents happier people. No, I think that's all really good advice, Tori. And uh,
1: again, communication. Here we go again, right? Right. We can communicate and, and set expectations
0: and everybody can work better together. Right. And ex- and expect the fact that you're going to be tested sure. and, and be ready for the test. And if that means that your star shortstop or your number one pitcher packs her bags and goes to another team, you will be happier in the long run. Trust us. Uh, that's all I can tell you because you don't want to be the one that's got to always have a couple thousand dollars in potential bail money in your pocket, because after every game, one of your families could get arrested, and you're going to have to be the one that figures out how to get them out of jail. Well, and
1: and the hours that you spend, Tori, on the telephone talking everybody else down to try and calm the waters and make everybody else happy, Yeah, I mean, again, it's not
0: worth it. Right, because in this situation, again, for... No matter what was going on at the time and no matter how many other parents or, or people were like, oh, go get them, get them. After they calmed down, they were riding home going, oh, my God. Was that a softball game? Did, did I really just see that? Do I really want to be around this? Do I really want my child to be around this? Yeah. So let's tone it down. Let's get it under control. People losing your minds over a softball game, I don't care what age it is, is unfortunate and we all have to learn to model better behavior so that our kids end up growing up to be the people we want them to be and not having to you know, give them the old do-as-I-say-not-as-I-do speech. No no doubt, right? Uh, interesting discussion today. As always, please check out our presenting sponsor, FP at CleatedUp.com, and check out our Patreon page. We would love for you to help support Coach Prep and everything Fast Pitch. Uh, Coach Don and I love doing the podcast. We want to keep doing them. We want to keep doing them better, and we need your support. We need your help. So that's going to wrap up episode number 39 for Coach Don McKinley and our producer Stan Lewis here in the Cherokee Batting Range Podcast Studio. This is Coach Torrey saying thanks for listening to Coach Prep, and we'll talk to you again next week.